Okay, hi there. Welcome to the Cake Watch podcast. Uh, my name is Steve Bullock, and I am Chris Kendall. <laughs> Almost as if we rehearsed it. Um, and uh, I used to be a negotiator for the the UK in the the EU. And uh, and Chris, uh, so I'm um, currently working in the EU institutions, and I have been for a long time. Um, but I've also spent part of my career working as a British civil servant. So I've been on both sides of the table. And that, is, that makes it sound as if it's always been oppositional, but of course it hasn't. Um, no, it, absolutely, absolutely. Usually there's been a, a flow from one into the other and back again. And But nowadays, of course, it is oppositional, which is sad, but there you go. So, um, so this is the Cake Watch podcast. Um, Chris, why, why, why have we called it... Cake Watch. We're calling it Cake Watch because we uh, both get really irritated by cakeism. Uh, cakeism being the philosophy of having your cake and eating it. Uh, the philosophy espoused uh, by Boris Johnson and adopted by all his colleagues, it seems. And it just really gets on my nerves. So we thought we would um, call it out. Um, and that's what we're doing. Uh, there's something I forgot to do, which is to insert a disclaimer about me being here in a purely personal capacity. So that's that's my disclaimer. Actually, I've had the legal department on during during this recording. The legal department have called me and, and reminded me to, 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 to do it, get you to do the disclaimer, actually. I'm here in a strictly personal capacity as well, but that's because uh, I, I don't currently have an employer other than myself. So. Very good. Uh, yeah. Do, uh, do you right, want to have legal a- stuff over? Yeah. Do you want to have a quick? Um, <laughs> so, do you want to have a very quick post mortem on reactions to our pilot? Yeah, I can't believe people people listened to it. That's the first reaction, which was so. Thank you, thank you very, very, very much to everybody who gave up forty five minutes that they'll never get back to. Uh, well, not everyone listened to, some, the, listen some... to the pilot episode. Yeah, some people only made it five or six minutes, and I have yeah. to say, but. Um. So yeah, we got we got all sorts of feedback. Um, we got a one star review on iTunes, which was awesome. Uh, it's yeah. Bucket list ticked. Um, it's breaking the duck. You can only get better. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but most people seem to be pretty happy with it, though. Uh, several people said that they felt that it wasn't sufficiently sweary. Um, Fuck sake. Well, I thought what we could do is. Let's just front load that and call Boris Johnson a <laughs> and you're gonna bleep that out, right, Steve? No way. You that's have to, staying in. No, you have to bleep that out. No way that's staying in. That's, you said you wanted naturalistic, it's staying in, Chris. That's that's great. Well we have uh, not because it's explicit in iTunes, so we have. So we we, ha- we thought that um what might be interesting is to People like the detail. People seem to enjoy us talking about stuff that we know as practitioners. Um, so rather than us sort of recapping the news and uh, trying to be an information service in that regard, um, I think people are more interested in us getting into the weeds, talking about what we know as practitioners. Um, and that suggests maybe uh, taking a single issue and just going with it, running with it, 
chatting um, to each other and seeing whether um, we can sift any gold out of the mud. <laughs> what do you think? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so this week we thought transition. Transition. And this which, isn't a, the, which isn't a transition, which we'll come to. Yeah, exactly. So, in, yeah. and initially, this was your idea, Steve. So, I suggest you do the first intro, and then we get into it. How's that sound? Well, I think we've got. I think we. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, I think that that we've got the transition period is a really great thing because a really great example of of of, of cakeism cakeism going on here because um, the you. The, the the position of the U twenty seven has always been that, that the UK, if it wants to, can request a transition period. I think the Parliament initially put three years maximum on it. Everybody else was always talking about until the end of until the end of twenty twenty, this is kind of known. And it was said from the very beginning that, you know, the the U twenty seven would be open to this. Um they didn't see any kind of concerns with it, but that it would be an all or nothing transition because otherwise uh they would have to they would have to transition twice. They'd have to transition into a transition which had significantly different rules and opt-outs and some things applied and some parts of the IKEA quite, uh, didn't apply and there were special rules for this thing and special rules for that thing but then the rest of the rest of that part of the IKEA would apply fully and so on. And, and the point, the, the, the reason that the EU27 were open to this from, from the beginning is that... Um, that this this would mean that you only have transition once. You have transition at the end of the the transition period. But having to transition into the transition period <laughs> means that it would be completely pointless having it. Well, you, you just have you just sort of doubling the the administrative and economic and regulatory cost of of yeah. of, of doing it and hassle. Now, yeah, measure what's really interesting about this? Exactly. No, no, wait, now, no measure what, twice, cut once. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. The other way around. No, but but the remarkable thing about this, so so the so. It's, Largely, with very very tiny exceptions, the commission's come back and proposed um, exactly what uh, what the UK asked for, and the UK government and the Brexit have gone mental about it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> as if it's some sort of terrible terrible betrayal, which I think I think just goes to show. I mean, it just goes to show this sort of adage that we'll get into what we'll get into why, but it just goes this adage that you know it's. It's like so spoiled child. It's pointless giving them what they want because they'll only want more anyway. It won't be good enough, you know? Well, I, have a th- um, I have a theory, Steve, mm. which I've just literally the second dreamt up. So I'm going <laughs> to run it past you. So what? I say I've only literally just the second dreamt it up. I have for many years been conscious that um, we are um, prisoners of language um, and we have a real problem, which is that um, when we when we talk about the EU, but when we talk about most things in life, but especially when we talk about the EU and the UK, we use words, we use phrases, we use terms, um, but we haven't clearly defined what the terms are. And so you get words like federalism and democracy and sovereignty and bespoke and transition that are bandied around. Deep, deep and special. Yeah. They're bandied around by... Um, British media and British politicians, but nobody's ever sat down and clarified precisely what is meant with these fancy-sounding terms and what they mean to the people using them in the UK context. It's often completely different to what is understood 
in Brussels or what is used in Brussels. And transition is one of these. So the transition yeah. that is being proposed um, in Brussels, which we'll get to, um, is not what is not what the UK side mean by transition because it's not it's not a transition. It's not a transition. No, it's there was not a very transition. good um, David Allen Green thread about this on Twitter where he says, "Well, look, um, it, you shouldn't call it a transition period because you can't have a transition unless you're going from one thing to another. Uh, a transition is literally, and here my classics education will finally come into some use, is a journey across. It's a journey from one place to another place, but we don't know what the other place is. We have no idea what the end state is. So the transition period can't be a period where we slowly and carefully prepare the ground so that when we hit the far side, the, the destination, it will be a soft landing. It is simply about... Um, avoiding a cliff edge on day one, and having more time to it, each side has more time unilaterally to to get its shit together before before that happens. It's just putting it. Well, it's, it's been just, treated it's, as a period during back. which the fight, the, the 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 future status, the future status of the relationship can be finalised. Um, but the thing is, again, as 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 David put really well in his thread and which was picked up by a number of experts including the former director general of the council legal service you can't have a transition period unless you've got a final withdrawal agreement in place and the reason for that i mean there are a number of reasons for that but not least is the fact that the transition um the the, the transition conditions the conditions for transition um the parameters for transition will be an article in the withdrawal agreement, and yeah, that's of course. yeah, exactly. And that's how it's been presented, for example, in the, in the in the commission's position paper. So the commission, on the seventh of February, published a position paper, which um, uh, was very interesting. It it was following a, a row that had already blown up after Barnier gave a press conference about transition at the end of January, uh, and what the position paper is is effectively part of the draft agreement, which is quite unusual. I would say almost unprecedented in my experience to take um, the, a draft section of a document that is currently in negotiation and publishing it. And, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's ex- extremely unusual, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that, that requires, that probably deserves a little bit of analysis and, and reflection. Um, uh, well, on the, on the other hand, I mean, if it was being negotiated in council, the commission produces a proposal for... For, for legal text, which is which is public, I mean, people see the commission proposal, and then they see that see what comes out of the out of the other end. So it's not it's not one hundred percent against the methodology, but the, the sort of standard EU methodology. But it it wasn't necessarily expected politically either. Um, so uh, there was a there was a, a point being made by doing it like that. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think what they're trying to do here is um, there are a couple of things. One is just to um, establish um, the principle of transparency and to demonstrate it um, on the EU side. Um, but the other is to create some facts on the ground. Um, it's always easier to negotiate from um, a text that's on the table than it is to pull one out of thin air. Um, so what they're doing is they're creating um, the baseline here um, from which we will negotiate and from which uh, an end result will be measured. 
Um, and and, course, and em, em, embedding the fact that the, the terms of transition are in the exit agreement. Exactly, exactly. And that's it makes, how that, it it makes that, that, that essentially unquestionable. I, th- I took it as well that it's saying that, I mean, I think, I think, I think it, was also, it was also a message that, um, that everything is going to need to be pinned down into a legal text at some point. Well, you know, yes. we go back to we go we go back to Ireland and the the the, the, the Irish border and the customs union. Yeah, and you know, which, it's, it's, which it's we know. not going to be good good enough just to have sort of vague objectives and hopes. No, no, <laughs> it's, hopes, it's, it's, of, hopes and fears. It's going to have to be in a legal document. Yeah, which is sort of judiciable in some way. You know, so and that was always the case. Um, and uh, it's important that people it's understand just, that. that, that 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 was always the case. I mean, what, what what's interesting is that there was a space for the British side to come in and deliver its proposal, and there has been that space all along, and that space has been deliberately left by the EU to wait and hear what the British have to propose. The British are the ones leaving. The British are the ones who um, get to say what it is that they want first. Um, and that that yeah, that's always they been have right of initiative that's, that's, that, you know that's that's a that's yeah. a generous position to take by the EU side, but it's also but a case been, of well you, you're the one you broke it you, you know you broke it you bought it come on you know what are you going to do about it? And they haven't done that, anything but, with it. But that leaving it open as well. I mean, this is we really see the sort of exceptionalism and, and as we as we always say, cakeism here is that. The, the, having left that op- having left that open for for UK proposals, yeah, to drop into it, this is then seen as the the EU dragging its feet or the EU not wanting to it's negotiate. I mean, so, it's just absolutely incredible. Saying, "Tell us what you want," and uh, on, and put a propo- put a proposal on the table, put a draft legal text yeah. on the table if you want. Yeah, I mean, come on, well, any of us could have. You know, a team of a team of a few people like us could have easily written what came out there. Oh I mean, yeah, of course. Someone it was a team of people like us who did it. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it, it's it's anybody could do it. It's, and, it's and, not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a complicated document at all. No. It's a very simple document. No, there's an entire. There, 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 there are no shortage <laughs> of people on the UK side who could have done this. Or you know, in in a one night sitting. Uh, a, a, the UK has the tradition of what they call build teams. Um, build teams who yes, course, yeah. they pull together experts who sit down and they thrash out the legal text of a bill, uh, and that then becomes the basis of legislation going forward. And and you could easily have pulled together a bunch of e- EU experts in Whitehall who could have uh, put together a, a legal text like this, setting out what it was that the UK wanted, and making that the the basis from which everybody negotiates but they didn't do because that. if you do that you can't then complain about it that's the exactly I mean, I think that's, and, but they that's, are complaining that's about the it. thing isn't and that's it? the that's cakeism exactly <laughs> and, and, that's, cake-ism. and that's the cakeism so again i mean as i said this is yeah. the, this is exactly the, the 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 almost exactly the proposal that the uk wanted all of the aki minus the decision making <clears throat> and yeah. the huge 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 cries of of bullying i mean was it digby jones yeah. Accusing the UK of uh, the EU of, of of bullying the the UK over this, yeah. and the ultras are going absolutely 
absolutely apeshit about it. Yeah, it's it's like one rule for for them and another rule for everybody else. But I mean, it, whatever the EU does here, it, it's going to be um, painted the villain by by the by 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 the Brexit side because they, they have to they have to do that because they they don't have any other. They've painted themselves into that corner. What the we have a we have a, a phrase um, in in a French phrase that is used in the context of negotiation and in the context of policy making which is occuper le terrain uh, to occupy the ground um, mm. and that's what Barnier and his team are doing here um, they're occupying the territory um, they're doing that having left it open to the to the UK to do that yeah. and having had them not occupy yeah, the territory it wasn't it wasn't an aggressive proactive hostile move it was it was a it was something that had to be done because uh, also in the EU nature abhors a vacuum Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Very, very much so. So if if you heard some creaking in the background there, it's because I'm... um, My mum just came in with a cup of tea. How's that for for a flashback to teen years? Yeah. No, I'm... I'm, It's half term and I'm I'm back in the UK with my kids and um, and I'm having a cup of tea served up by my mum. I'm extremely jealous, actually. I'd love a cup of tea. (laughs) I should say this is far too early for me to be... (laughs) Talking to other human human beings, uh, so uh, you'll notice that there's less giggling in uh, in in this this episode of Cake Watch because, um, well, frankly, things are much less funny first thing in the morning. <laughs> my experience, so. but we're both um, angry. Okay. As usual. Should we should we should we cut in now to have a, a message from our sponsor? <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> so this is Cake Watch is an entirely non-commercial proposition. Um, we're not uh, we're not paid by anybody to do this. We're not asking for money from anybody to to do this, um, and we thought that left a sort of gap where we could have uh, a sponsor who isn't paying us. Uh, so this is very unusual. And what we thought we could do is that we could uh, ask groups, uh, anti-Brexit groups, uh, local, national, or whatever level, uh, if they would like to sponsor an episode of podcast and. Our first sponsor uh, is uh, Best for Britain. So, uh, and we're going to do exactly what other podcasters do, and we're going to read out word for word <laughs> what we've been, what what the message from our sponsor is. Uh, would you like to do it, Chris, or shall I? Um, you do it. Shall I do it? Yeah, go for this it. Ep- okay, I'll go for it. This episode of Cake Watch is sponsored by Best for Britain, the organisation asking people to pledge a tenor to defend the right to fight Brexit and then to work together to stop it. After the attempted mauling by the Telegraph and Mail, Best for Britain launched a crowdfunder, and George Soros pledged to match fund donations that are less than £100 and up to to £100,000 limit. Best for Britain is one of the loudest and proudest organisations fighting Brexit. So there we go, that's our sponsor, Best for Britain, for episode one of the Cake Watch podcast. Um, And what a great sponsor. We love love Best for Britain. They are absolute legends. And um, George Soros, there's a great piece in uh, The Guardian, um, which, surprise, surprise, it's in The Guardian, um, saying how um, George Soros is the 1% the way the 1% ought to be. And I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What a great great man. Um, And uh, thank God for people like him who... um, have principles and are ready to stand up to this kind of bullshit that we're getting from the Leave side. And I, I, I think bullshit uh, too, isn't it? Let's face it. 
And I, I think it's a measure that that after this entirely transparent donation to Best of Britain, which is an entirely transparent organisation, um, after there was a furore about this, and uh, uh, the, I, th- I think it's fair to say thinly veiled anti-Semitism around George Soros um, and going uh, going uh, going Hungarian on his ass. Mm. Uh, that his response to that wasn't to uh, wasn't to run away or shut up. His response was to pledge more money. Yeah, double and down. I think, <laughs> well, I think it's just absolutely fantastic. It, to be honest, well, I think it's just I think it's just absolutely wonderful. Though. I yeah, mean, it's it's, it it's my it's it's a highlight of the last week for me that this attempt by uh, the the rapidly fading influence of of Nick Timothy uh, to uh, to to intervene intervene on behalf of the Brexit ultras again. Uh, has just been totally, you know, has been an absolute total own goal. I find it utterly, utterly hilarious, mm. to be honest. Yes. I mean, it's just, fa- it's failed in every respect. It's made the newspapers that ran it look bad. It's made, and I th- but I think the, I think the best thing about it is it's made, uh, May's ex, you know, strategic genius, the person that she couldn't take a decision without be shown to have just really appalling strategic judgment. Yes. And I think... I think uh, well, it's it, it, not as if we didn't know that a, already. No, but I think this is, a, <laughs> this, is a kind of, this is a kind of explanation for how we got to where we are, is yeah. that somebody with such appalling strategic judgment... Uh, <laughs> exactly. With, ...with a plan that was rather obviously going to backfire horrendously. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, so there we go. Uh, the election... Backfire horrendously. The manifesto, conservative manifesto, backfired horrendously, uh, and uh, the and hard Brexit is is backfiring absolutely horrendously. So, um, so so good on them, and good on and good on Best of Britain for for not for not just lying down and taking this and for fighting back. Absolutely, um, really, really good, good on them, and and well done to them. And if you haven't donated to their crowdfunder. Uh, please, if you if you want to do, knowing that one of the world's richest men will uh, will will match fund whatever you donate. And what we'll do is um, we will put um, a link to how to, how you can make a contribution. We'll put a link to that into our show notes, which will be underneath the episode in um, on the website. The website yep. is Cakewatch with a dot between the T and the CH. C A K. E-W-A-T dot C-H. You see what we did there? Yeah. Well, I was quite <laughs> pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was very good indeed. Yeah. That wasn't my idea. Um, so, yes, yes we'll, uh, we'll, we'll absolutely do this. And, and for any other uh, anti-Brexit groups out there, um, just DM uh, me or Chris and uh, we'll try and line, line people up and, uh, and do the same for you if you'd like us to. Yes. With great pleasure. Excellent. Meanwhile, back at the podcast. Yeah, back to transition. So um, back to transition. I don't know what you want to do, Steve. I I um I I actually sat down and read the commission position paper. That's that's the length that I went to for this podcast. Lordy, lordy. <laughs> and um, I thought it was quite interesting. It was um um the the the. the the attention was all given to a footnote right at the end in the sixth article um, where we have what um, has been described as a punishment clause. Uh, this, is the, this is where the bullying 
comes from. This is where the vicious, horrible bullying yeah. uh, EU, EU thing comes from, isn't it? Exactly. In a footnote. I, I have to say, footnotes are commonly used to bully people, in my experience. Yes. <laughs> it's a pri- primary medium exactly. throughout history, is the footnote for the bully. Yeah. It's the, the, we- the, weapon, of the, the weapon of the scoundrel, the footnote. Well, last, last week, Steve, if you remember, I, re- I referred to um, a blog post that I'd written um, back in 2016, mm. um, before the negotiation started, where I outlined what um, how, how how a negotiation could and should work um, from from my experience and my perspective as somebody who's been involved in a few on the EU side, and um, I talked about the importance of establishing trust, the importance of building goodwill, uh, of maintaining that capital, uh, the importance of trying to get inside the head of the other side understanding what it was that they need, doing everything mm. that you can to meet those needs while respecting your own red lines because um, if you don't do that, you're unlikely to get to where you want to be. The idea exactly. is you, exactly. both get, it's not, it- yeah, you both get to where you both want to be without, um, as far as possible without um, crossing the other person's red lines. And what you then get to at the end of the process is you might get to sort of a few, a few areas where, well, um, we can't both be satisfied, so we're going to have to find some compromises. But on the rest of the stuff, we're all happy. We've all given each other what we want. Um, we're all good to go. That's how a exactly. negotiation and normally works. And it's not, and it's not, it's very important that this isn't. I get you know we get a lot of critic. We get, I think you do as well. We get a lot of criticism that you know we're sort of taking the taking the EU side when we say things like this. You know, and it's not. It's not about. You Take don't put in this goodwill and build up this trust. Um, to be to be nice, it's about getting results. Yes, exactly. It's that's, about that's the best way to get it's, to get to get results. It's the grown-up way of of, of doing it. It's, it would be exactly the same if you were going into mediation because you were getting divorced or you had some other sort of problem. Um, a, medi- a mediator is there to, to 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 help two people who are emotionally unable to see past their their, their, their noses. But um, when you're a grown-up international organisation or, or government, you know you should be able to do that. Um, and what's the problem that we've had um, right from the beginning um, is that the uh, UK side has presented this in terms of a zero-sum confrontation. And yes, exactly. um, again, to repeat myself, um, while that we're all used to that, we're all used to the way in which Westminster talks and the way in which um, the British press talk, the understanding was that in real life the grown-ups would be running this show and would be doing it properly. And the shock has been that they're not. Um, the shock has been that they're, they're also buying into this confrontation, um, this zero-sum oppositional mind frame. And that screws up the normal rules of um, negotiating. And this is where I move to my next point, which is that that does well, happen well, sometimes. On the punishment cl- we'll keep on the punishment on the punishment yeah, clause. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll say, that, that, that does happen sometimes. When that happens, um, in a negotiation, the junior party always loses out. So very rarely do you have two entirely equally positioned, um, equally strong uh, partners negotiating with each other. Usually there's a senior partner and a, a junior partner in terms of weakness and strength. Um, and it's been perfectly obvious to absolutely everybody right from the beginning that um, in this negotiation, 
the UK is the underdog. Um, the UK's got far more to lose. Um, and well, it's, the dem- it's the demander. It's the, it, yeah. it's the UK that needs stuff out of the EU. Yeah. So the EU what, needs comparatively little from, from, the, from the UK. It's I mean, not that the EU doesn't want um, a, a good deal. Um, it does want a good deal very badly, and it will be harmed by a bad deal, but much less so than the UK. So where, you, where, where a negotiation then moves into... Um, it, it, moves from being that consensual approach, that cooperative approach to finding a solution that works for everyone, into a confrontational zero-sum approach where there are going to be winners and losers, um, the win is likely to be the, um, the, the party that has least... That that that, that is, has least to lose, or is is, is least likely yeah, to suffer yeah. from from, and 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 that's very obviously in this situation. That's that that that's the EU side. So by the way to avoid getting into that situation is by um, really very carefully being very sparing in spending your capital. And your capital is goodwill. Your capital is trust. If if the more you the more capital the more goodwill you spend the more trust you you expend um during the early stages of the negotiation um the more likely it is that when it does come to the to the crunch you're going to be losing out and unfortunately yeah, yeah. this 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 punishment clause is exactly what we predicted this 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 is exactly that what we're seeing with the well, punishment clause is um, the big party, the, the bigger party, the more senior party in the negotiation, um, flexing its muscle, and it is. I mean, but, it's it's not. A, I mean, do, we, go on. do you think it's even that? Do you think it's even that though? Because I mean, any any agreement, any treaty has to have a mechanism for what happens if if one or either side uh, one or either side breaks the terms of it. Well, it does. But so, as as everybody's been I'm, saying, sorry, go on. I mean, the EA has the EA has uh, has has this sort of sanctions. Sanction system. Uh, so you, you're Switz- quite Switzerland, right. Switzerland, Switzerland <clears throat> does as well. I mean, I think the what 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 you're seeing in terms of the the goodwill is the fact that this that this footnote was put on the table publicly. Yeah, um, it's not the fact that it exists. It 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 has to exist in a tre- it has to exist in a treaty. Well, um, the point has been made that um, you you could rely on the court. You could rely on the courts. Uh, you could say, well, look. Um, for, 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 where, there is, where there's a dispute, our dispute res- resolution mechanism will be that we will refer the matter to the courts, and you might refer to the matter, you, know, you refer the matter to the court of justice. Um, and if everybody had been getting along famously, and there was a good, good deal of trust and goodwill, you might even have had a situation where you could have had some kind of third party court um, to which, um, like, like the ethical mm, court, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. What happened was goodwill burned, trust burned. Um, everybody looking at the way in which the UK has been behaving throughout this negotiation, where they say one thing to the EU side and then um, and, and then uh, say another thing back home to Parliament, um, there's constant flip-flopping. And naturally, the EU side says, well, we're not going to wait for the Court of Justice to, to rule on this. And naturally, we're not going to leave it to the UK courts to decide. Um, we need some kind of mechanism because we're talking about a period that's less than two years. We need some kind of mechanism so that um, 
if the UK is benefiting yep. from all the advantages of remaining effectively part of the EU, but in the meantime, but it's massively free riding. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. in the meantime, yeah. it's massively free riding on um, on those benefits. Uh, we need to be able to come in and punish them for it, so that we are not put at a disadvantage. So I'm using the word punish. I don't like using the word punish because no, like that plays into that whole um, framing well, that the right. Brexit you, side has done. But the idea right, is sanction so that they don't do this thing that will harm us. And you're right because if there was if there was the trust and confidence, particularly that there was going to be an agreement afterwards, mm. it wouldn't be necessary in the same in the same form that it is because there would be time for judicial yeah. proceedings, which would then lead to which would then lead to some sort of response in the future. The point is though, if there's judicial proceedings in 21 months, there's not going to be time to have sanctions that reflect the the contravention of the 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 treaty mm. in time because it's gonna it's gonna have, it's gonna have run out and there's gonna be well I mean, a new treaty in on a future relationship in two years I still think is uh, or at least in twenty one months is uh, is pretty unlikely I think yeah. but it, you know people still seem to be working on 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 this assumption so I think the that's the the argument for it but I think that yeah I mean it just wouldn't have been put on the table in public in this sort of way it would have no. been it would have been there would have been a discussion about what kind of mechanism. They, yeah. were, they were going to need before anybody else saw the saw the text from it, and that's what, as I said, that's what burning all of the burning all of the trust and goodwill is, uh, has has done. I mean, the other things that that people are annoyed about. So now, now we see that the the UK wants. Uh, I think we saw, David Davis said that uh, the UK would want uh, a veto on uh, new laws. Uh, that uh, are made during the transition period. Yeah. And again this is superb cakeism. Yes, we, cake-ism. we won't be we, we won't be in the EU. We accept that not being in the EU means not being part of the the, the EU council um, and part of decision making procedures, but we want to veto on it. And somebody point, I can't remember who it was, some somebody pointed out quite rightly that this would actually give the UK more power over <laughs> over things that were decided by QMV than yeah. it has as a member of I the know. EU. It's hilarious, isn't it? I mean, this is just, I mean, this is just absolutely bonkers. And the I'm, other thing that I, everyone's going... I'm leaving your golf club. <laughs> I am no longer going to pay my membership fees to the, your stupid <laughs> golf club. I've put, if you move a bunker, I've, I've, I want an absolute beat I've weed on, on all your greens, but I expect to be able to come back and play. <laughs> and by the way, I also want a seat on your management board. <laughs> No, no, it's not even a seat on the management board. I want you to send me. I want you to send me the, the send me the resolutions of your management board, and I will say whether you can have them or not. <laughs> I mean, this is just absolutely bonkers. The other thing, that, the other thing that's 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 driven them nuts is that EU citizens will that that EU citizens that come to the UK during the transition period will have the same rights as EU citizens that came before the transition period. Again. The rights of citizens are part of the acquis. Yeah, exactly. When you say we want to keep, when I say acquis, the, for the, uh, sorry, I shouldn't say acquis. I should say the body of EU law. The acquis is the body of EU law. Um, when you say we'll keep all of the acquis, uh, that means keeping keeping the acquis on on citizens yeah. on citizens' rights. Yeah, the so the idea that you, yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean the idea the idea that you'd have one set of citizens, I mean, and this is what they're planning, and we've seen that. May's obsession with yeah. obsession with stopping stopping EU immigration and and reducing EU immigration just takes over everything. Even against now, it turns out the the advice yeah. of the 
of Amber Rudd and of the of the Home yeah. Office. They still want to cherry pick. She still wants to cherry pick. You know, she doesn't understand that. You know, transition is. Um, we were saying earlier. I hope we get to keep that bit of the recording, Steve. Um, we were yeah. saying that um, transition is a, is 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 a misnomer. Um, is one of those words that is banded about, but we haven't really def- clearly defined our terms. And transition is not a gradual. Um, evolution from one state to another state as yet unknown a transition is effectively what we're saying is we're going to just freeze everything for a couple of years while you sort your yeah. shit out and um at the end of that um you know it's it's off that cliff edge and hopefully there'll be a soft landing because we'll have negotiated a future agreement but if we but haven't, have to but you have you know, to but you have to freeze everything or there's or there's absolutely or there's absolutely no point there's yes. no there's no gain there's no gain there's no benefit there's no benefit to freezing some things Yes. And 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 not other and not Wait. other things. And, but it, but yeah. this was but this was made absolutely clear from the beginning. And I thought Flor- I thought Florence accepted that. I thought I thought the Florence speech. But that's exactly why we have that's exactly why we have no trust and no goodwill because you think we keep thinking that things have been yeah. accepted, and then they turns around and she says something that says, "Well, hang on a second. Oh, clearly you don't accept what you said you accepted." You know, we're constantly getting these mixed messages from Theresa May herself and from her entire team that are being heard loud and clear across the EU, and it is creating an, an, an exceptional amount of bad will. Because it's, oh, it's the all-pervading you know, all thing that us. the EU doesn't... It's the all-pervading view in, 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 in the Cabinet that, that you know, <laughs> the EU27 doesn't have access to the internet. Which is I mean, we've just, said that before. You're messing us about, is the attitude. You're messing mm. us about. Stop, stop, stop pissing about. Absolutely, yeah, completely. And so there's one there's one thing that um, Steve Pierce, the noted uh, EU, EU lawyer, who's really really fantastic on these things, he did point out that he thought the cons- the, the EU twenty seven was being was being very mean on the consultation mechanisms. In that uh, he didn't he thought it, he, his view. I don't want to put it. I don't want to mischaracterize his view, but his view that was that. A fairly extensive consultation mechanism was a relatively cost-free way to give uh, to give the UK government cover on this. What do you what do you think of that, Chris? Do you think because they are because they are formal consultation mechanisms used in the EU? There's a thing called a, a fiche contradictoire. Yeah. You know, when somebody gives a when, for example, the Committee of the Regions gives an opinion on a Commission proposal, the Commission then in public, you know that that opinion is public and then in the commission then produces a fiche contradictoire that takes each of their points and responds to them but it does that in public so you know it's a formalized public process it doesn't mean that they have to be changed along with that but there have to be justifications for why it why it won't be well, that, i wondered i mean that's a relative something like that would be a relatively yeah. cost-free sort of sort of way to to give again maybe maybe the point is that something like that would have been included if well, look, if people were still in the mood, yeah, exactly. To, to, that's, a, that's where I was going to go with. It. Patience has been largely, you know, exhausted. I think there's very yeah. Little. I think I think well, yeah, exactly. And I think that that when patience is exhausted, it it's pushing the EU twenty seven and 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 Barnier into into take it all into take it or leave it offers. You know, when the UK refuses to put anything yeah. on the table, when it quibbles with. Uh, the things that it asked for and the things that it knew were going to be in the proposals. I mean, what what response can there be? I mean, how how can you how can you negotiate on all of the acquis or not all of the acquis? Mm. I mean, it's it's, bin- it, it's binary, you know. So how in 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 what 
what negotiation can you have on that? You want an opt-out for this? You, you want an opt-out for citizens' rights? Why do you want an opt-out for citizens' rights? Oh, because you, cause you're obsessed with, with, immigra- <laughs> with immigration. And you, I mean, so I, I definitely sense this. And we, see, we saw this with... Uh, we saw this with uh, with with Barnier speaking about Ireland and the and the mm. uh, customs union as well. I mean, yeah. he said the quote is, "It's important to tell the truth." Exactly, I've got the quote right here. I'm going to read it to you. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's important to yeah. tell the truth. Barnier said, "The UK decision to leave the single market and to leave the customs union would make border checks unavoidable." Second, the UK has committed to proposing specific solutions to the unique circumstances of the island of Ireland, and we're waiting for such solutions. The third option is to maintain full regulatory alignment with those rules of the single market and the customs union, current or future, that support North-South cooperation, the all-island economy and the Good Friday Agreement. It is our responsibility, the European Commission, it is our responsibility to include the third option in the text of the withdrawal agreement to guarantee that whatever happens, there will be no hard border. You know, because you guys said there would be no hard border. Yeah, yeah. So we have to include every every possible solution yeah. to there not being a hard border because you guys said there would be no hard border. Yeah, you've got to. And, we, and, <laughs> and I think you, you could, on that whole quote, I think you could then add, <laughs> on the end, it's important to tell the truth again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because you that was actually the point it. of that whole thing. You can't, you can't keep you cannot, fudging it. You can't, exactly. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, transition and what that means um, and moan a bit that we're not we're only talking about transition and we're not talking about extension because transition as we've discussed and as we've seen effectively says okay we're going to continue with the status quo for another nearly two years um difference being that you no longer get a say that's effectively what what what, what that is yeah. um in which case it really makes no difference at all from an extension of Article 50 for another couple of years. The only difference is that under transition, as opposed to extension, you get no say. With extension, we'd be staying in the EU for a little bit longer and we would still effectively be full members and, and, and with all the rights uh, and responsibilities that that brings. Um, nobody's yeah, talking about <laughs> extension. Uh, well, so, well, some people are. I mean, some people are, some people are advocating this. I think jo- uh, John Liss has been advocating this. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, on, on the Remain side, of course, we are, we are proposing it because, of course, that's what we want because, of course, what it also does is extend the window for us to escape from this mess, which is exactly why you're not hearing about it from anybody else. So, jo- Jacob Rees Mogg and Co. Can, can whine and moan and sob that this would be, um, what are they calling it? A vassal state. State, vassal state, yeah. But it would be a vassal state for, for these two years. But, I mean, there's a very easy solution to that, Jacob, which is that you extend Article 50. But, of course, they don't want to do that because they know that the, anything like that vastly increases the chances that they will lose their precious Brexit. So what's the, pro- so what's the problem with extension? It's, it's common, it's become an, an absolute orthodoxy on all sides to say, yeah, EU27 would never agree to extension. I mean, it's just everybody just says, yeah, but it would require unanimity and it's impossible. Because my, my view of it is that if it was for uh, reasons of democratic process, I think there's every chance of, a, mm. of, an, of an extension. I think it would be very hard for EU27 and can, uh, for council to say to the UK, OK, your parliament's decided that you need a referendum on this deal. Screw you guys, you're right. Um, we don't give a shit about your parliament or your referendum. I, I just, I just don't think that's how it would work. I think, 
I think at that point, uh, if there was a, a democratic process to go through or a, a, a or, parl- or parliament calling a halt to it um, or calling a referendum, then I think EU27 would would agree to a to a limited extension. What I think they wouldn't agree to is a uh, is a government saying, "Oh Jesus, we've cocked this up something rotten." <laughs> <laughs> we're absolutely screwed. We haven't built any lorry parks in Kent. Um, go on, guys. Uh, give an extension, or we're, or we're screwed. That's that's what the that's that's what the assumption is is against. Again, I think if 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 UK government asked now for an for for an extension, I think there would be many open to it as well. Do you do you think that as well? I think so. Yeah, I do. I do think so. I think I th- I think there is. Um, a good deal of concern about all of this, um, about the energy that's being wasted on this. Um, but there just isn't this desire to punish the UK. I think that there is a desire to make sure it doesn't keep happening. So um, expect there to be all sorts of strings tied to um, extension or revocation of Article 50 um, because we ah, want well, this just, term, just, a nightmare to end at some point, but... Well, Jean-Claude Pires says that there's 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 no provision for uh, for conditions to apply to a revocation. Mm. There's Jean-Claude Pires, the ex, uh, he was head of the Council Legal Service. Yeah, for he's 20, been saying for some really years. interesting things. That so he's he's def- definitely worth a follow. We'll put him in the show notes too. He's been saying yeah, some really interesting things that have not been getting an awful lot of um, uh, of notice. It seems uh, so. He, he's. He's definitely somebody that should be followed. I mean, extension is what the UK government should be going and for. And it's what we should be going for, because transition is is fraught with danger. And, you know, transition, as currently formulated, um, and as it's likely to be, will um, be entirely contingent upon us concluding a withdrawal agreement in the next six months or so. And yeah. while we probably will, um, there is... Uh, as I think David Allen Green said, a non-negligible chance that we won't. Yes. um, Because there are a couple of really thorny issues. Um, One is um, Theresa May's obsessive problem with treating EU citizens decently. Um, (laughs) And the second is the snafu in Ireland, where they say one thing and mean another. And unless that can be pinned down really soon in a way that will not suit all parties, um, someone's going to end up disappointed and it had better be the headbangers and the DUP or we're not going to get a transition agreement and we're not going to get a withdrawal agreement and we're going to get a hard, exit, it's just, hard Brexit. It's, it's just so clear so clear how the how the thinking, how the, the, the muddle-headed thinking, to quote Ivan Rogers, was on this, is that you, you know that people have said... Oh yeah, but they, it'll be for the. We'll have a. We'll have a. We'll have a transition period, and then it'll be for the future agreement. So we've got loads of time to sort this out. <laughs> and we haven't and then got he loads of said, time. Uh, you haven't got loads of time. It has to be in the. It has to be in the withdrawal yeah. agreement, because we know there's no fucking solution <laughs> other than <laughs> other than this one. So it's such a childish approach, you know. It's so just obvious heffalum trap that they've uh, I know. fallen fallen headlong into. I wanted to, um, just before we leave transition, I wanted mm. to look at the EU text, the position paper, and pull out two mm. little gems. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, the first is in um, the, uh, well, they're both in the third paragraph of this text. We could, we'll put a link to, to the text in, into the show notes. Uh, in para two of um, the third article, 
For the purposes of the treaties during the transition period, the Parliament of the United Kingdom shall not be considered to be a national parliament. Okay. <laughs> Power five of the same article. During the transition period, the United Kingdom sh shall not act as a leading authority for risk assessments, examinations, approvals, and authorization proceedings. Okay, these two, I, I had to laugh at these two. You know, the first, um, the first is. For the purposes of the treaties, the Parliament of the UK shall not be considered to be a national parliament. Um, <laughs> that just made me laugh. But also, um, well, uh, people what, won't know. But there's a th there's a thing in the there's a thing in the EU called a non-paper, which is a paper. Yeah, <laughs> it's a non-parliament. But, but it's not. A, but it's not an official. It's not an official position position paper. It's a kind of discussion paper or putting ideas out there. But it's but it's called a non-paper yeah. and. And as a result of this, you sort of have non-meetings about non-papers. Non and, and yeah, now finally we have a non-parliament. But what, what, what that's doing is drawing attention to the fact that um, prior to the transition period, i.e. during the UK's membership, um, yeah. the UK's national parliament had a role in all of this and was significant. Yes, exactly. yeah, it's not absolutely. as if we didn't have some kind of control. But of course, after um, Brexit, we won't have any control. And the second I, one, I, I, hmm? Sorry, I just, just on that, I, I had a big discussion with someone on Twitter the other week um, about the European Scrutiny Committee, you know, and saying, yeah, yeah. you know, when they were saying, ah, yes, but all this gets through with no scrutiny whatsoever. And yeah. I was saying, I think, oh, I think, Bill, Ca I think, <laughs> I think, I think Bill Cash would be pretty pissed off <laughs> at you saying that his committee oh doesn't <laughs> let things through without, without any, without any scrutiny. And then, they started, and then they started saying, yeah, but I... Yeah, maybe we should talk about that at more length some, sometime, actually, because it is interesting. Basically, the European Scrutiny Committee, every everything the government agrees to, before it's agreed to in council, uh, the European Scrutiny Committee has to has to has to sign off. Well, and, I'll say, yeah. And what he then and, and 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 what the person I was discussing it with then said is, oh yeah, but ministers have an override if they want it. And I said, yes, but that's not the EU system. It's not the it's the UK system that allows ministers to have a, an override. And actually, the the e, it's a, it's a mass. The whole thing is a massive pain in the ass for the EU system. But well, yeah. twenty seven member states sit around waiting while we do this because well, they have respect for the national parliament. What I was going to say was the three most feared and hated words in the. Commentology <laughs> system is UK scrutiny reserve. It's like, oh no. Oh, oh, like, oh, we'll wait another three we weeks. By the end of the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. We've both so been there. Yeah. Oh, we've so been there. And, um, and then the, uh, yeah, the second bit here during the transition period, the UK shall not act as leading authority for risk assessments. Oh, that made me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the UK and risk assessments. Uh, risk assessments. Yeah, I mean, we, you can't we've... even do your own risk assessments. We're not letting you do ours. We are not letting you anywhere near our risk risk assessments. Not after not what we've seen in the last chance. few months. Not a hope. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, liable. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Oof, there's so much to choose from. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lie of the week. We've got a few. We've got a few. We can just we can just chat about what each, each of us think. We don't have to. It's not. It's not legally binding that we appoint. You know that we choose a single lie of the week. My 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 lie of the week is a potentially will of the people. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> my lie of the week is a potentially unwitting lie. It wasn't necessarily known to be a lie at the time, 
but everybody predicted that it was, and it has turned out to be to have been untrue. And that is that there would be cabinet agreement on a future relationship last week, <laughs> <laughs> which there hasn't been. Oh, oh so much um, to talk about. And then that. Doesn't, and then they all went. They, they all went. They all went on a on a an away weekend, right? Oh God! I had the idea that they should have just played. They should have just got remainers and leavers in the cabinet to play paintball with each other. Maybe Theresa May just fed <laughs> whoever them wins chi- the chicken lasagna just... and they've all you know come down with salmonella or something. I don't know <laughs> the it chicken is... lasagna. Who puts who does chicken lasagna? Theresa um, May. But yeah, they should have. <laughs> but they should have just gone paintballing or laser questing. Yeah. That's showing showing my age. <laughs> and who, and who, whichever side won got to decide what the policy was. That would have been ideal. I would I mean, like to have seen. I would like to have seen them all take part in a massive Mario Kart battle. Oh, yes. You could have even had four, because you, you have four four way split screens yeah. on, on Mario Kart, don't you? So you could have had, you know, <laughs> hard levers, soft levers, hard remainers. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole. <laughs> this would have been great. But I think that's one of them. Um, I think the. There's, some things happened last week which I think will turn out to be a lie, but I'm not going to mention them now. Yeah. Um, because they might not. But I, uh, but uh, when they turn out to be, I'll say, remember, this is what I was talking about in episode yeah. one. There was David Davies. Uh, <laughs> Being assaulted by pro-EU <laughs> protesters. <laughs> These poor people standing there, dressed in T-shirts and flags. Wonderful, fantastic people that we support wholeheartedly. Uh, and yes. he's standing there in their faces, hectoring them, and then telling them that they're about to be reported for assault because they stood there. Um, but yeah, so, so that, that seems to have been that he, he then said that a flag touched him as he walked <laughs> past it. Um, and, that's, and, and he that, got the lurgy. Was, he got the EU lurgy. And that, that was, and that that was assault. And um, yeah, I mean, this is just absolutely right. What, what, what are you going to report them for? And who to? I mean, yeah, just marvellous. I really wish he had. I'd love to see the court case. I'd, I'd crowdfund that court case. Oh, of course, but I think yeah, that's the that's the sword of Damocles uh, being held over all of these threats. Is that the second that you go after, um, you, you go after anybody on any of this, you've got just a whole huge host of people ready to crowdfund yeah. some sort of justice for <laughs> for remainers with Jolly on Morm at the helm <laughs> leading the charge. Uh, um. <laughs> Any other lies? Do we want to mention? Um, oh, we uh, we had Marcus Fish on the on the U.S. Canada border saying that that it was the trade was absolutely frictionless and nothing was ever stopped. And then you had just fantastically, um, who was it? It was Ali Renson um, of the Institute of Directors and uh, is it uh, Samuel Lowe? Um, basically saying that's you know that's that's not true, <laughs> um, and we. We know that's not true. We're not, and and him going yada 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 yada, yeah. <laughs> which was just absolutely unbelievable, absolutely fantastic. I mean, that's Brexit in in uh, in, in miniature, a nutshell. Yeah, the, the puerility. Uh, nutshell, nutcase, more like. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Shocking. I mean, uh, so I thought, I thought that was absolutely. Mo- and I have to say that Ali Renson is uh, is 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 upsettingly not anti Brexit. Mm. I mean, she's she's outstanding on trade and and not not what I would call a Remainer at, at all. Though. Um, mm. So you know, it wasn't even that there was some uh, you know one of us coming out and mm. saying that's that's bollocks. Uh, this is just you know pure expertise, understanding, mm. and knowledge. Um, 
Yeah, there we go. Okay. So yeah, another another week of cake, another week of live. Um, you want to say something about now? We have a letter here from a Mrs. Trellis <laughs> of South Wales. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. I've always wanted to say that we don't, we actually don't have a letter from Mrs. Trellis of South Wales. We were going to write a fake one so that it looked like people had written in with questions, but um, but actually we didn't get around doing that, and we didn't get around to putting out the hashtag really either. But we want to for next in jet for next week. Um, what we'll do is we'll let you know what we think the theme is going to be, and uh, you can then. Uh, tweet with hashtag AskCakeWatch and we'll try and answer the question but we're putting a, 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 a caveat on this is, uh, we, we, we don't know everything about the, about, about the EU um, and so largely technical you know, uh, te- questions of technical minutiae are uh, probably, probably best answered uh, elsewhere rather than in the, in the podcast what we're um, going to use this segment for, really, I think, to be honest, is um, we hope it'll tr- spark some interesting questions that will help us shape our discussion. There'll be there'll be little hooks on which we can hang yeah. uh, a discussion, which we hope will be informative and useful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the kind of question that I think would be really useful is, uh, what do you think? What do you think the UK government or the EU27's problem with this issue is? Why do you think they're acting like this, or and so on? That we can, you know, uh, that we that we yeah. can we well, can discuss what, non, what, non, non-googleable, non-googleable questions. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about. What's the, what's the EU thinking here? What, what, how, how, how how what's the dynamic in Brussels? What, 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 where do the member states come in on this? That kind of you know, if you've got interesting questions like that that can help us um, shape uh, discussion, that would be great. Oh, we've now been so prescriptive about the kind of question we want that we could just write our own and make up people. Yeah, but let and, and say that Mrs. Trellis sent us it. Well, no, okay, we have to give a, some sort of veneer of participation, don't we? I suppose it's the modern way. The, it's the people's will, Steve. <laughs> it's the people's will. The will of the and people. Will's people. Will's people. Excellent. Well, I think that's I think that's another week of Cake Watch. Yeah, let's wrap up um, with a quick reminder of our sponsor, Best for Britain. You know you want to go and put some money into their fantastic work. It'll be doubled because George Soros is going to take that money and he's going to ref- what is it? He's going to mirror it. He's going to do. He's, he's going, going to, to put it, it, He's yeah. going to match it. He's going to match it's, it. He's going to make it double the delicious anti-Brexitness. <laughs> <laughs> so do it, people. We will put the link in. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Oh, thanks very much, Chris. See you next week. See you next week. Natural love.